0: Welcome to PTJ Author Interviews. PTJ Editor-in-Chief Alan Jetty talks with authors about the most interesting and sometimes surprising aspects of their work. And now, Dr. Jetty.
1: I want to welcome listeners to this latest PTJ podcast. This is Alan Jetty, Editor-in-Chief of PTJ, and today I'm pleased to welcome as my guest, Ms. Bridget Garrity who at the time of the research was an MPH student in the Department of Health Law, Policy, and Management at the Boston University School of Public Health in Boston. Bridget, welcome to our podcast.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: We're going to talk about an article she and her colleagues published in PTJ. It's entitled, Unrestricted Direct Access to Physical Therapist Services, is associated with lower healthcare utilization and cost in patients with new onset low back pain. Bridget, I'll give a little summary for our listeners, and then we can talk about the research. Sounds great. The objective of this study was to evaluate the association of level of access to physical therapist services with low back pain related healthcare utilization, as well as costs. And the data come from the Optum Labs data warehouse, and it includes 59,670 adult patients who had new onset low back pain between 2008 and 2013. The study compared individuals who saw a PT first in states with either unrestricted direct access or provisional direct access to therapy services and individuals who saw a physical therapist first or a primary care physician first for the initial low back pain visit. The authors found that individuals who saw a PT first in states with provisional direct access had significantly higher measures of utilization within 30 days, including clean imaging and frequency of physician visits compared with individuals who saw a physical therapist first in states with unrestricted access. Compared with those who saw a primary care physician first, those who saw a PT first in provisional access states had 25% higher relative cost in the 30 days and 32% higher relative cost at 90 days after the initial visit whereas those who saw PT first in unrestricted access states at 13% lower cost in 30 days and 32% lower cost at 90 days. So Bridget, there's a lot of detail in this study, which I found really interesting. And so let's start to help our listeners by letting me ask you how you defined unrestricted direct access compared with provisional direct access in this study?
0: Yeah, so we used the American Physical Therapy Association definitions of direct access to physical therapy. Um, And so at the time, the most recent um, APTA categorizations were in 2016. So patients in states with unrestricted access could access physical therapists for back pain whenever they wanted, as long as the treatment for the patients presenting conditions was in the scope of their practice. But for patients with provisional access to physical therapy, there were varying regulations that limited their access. So, for example, some states had restrictions on the number of visits a patient could go to before having to see a physician. Um, For example, in Delaware, PTs could treat a patient for up to 30 days after which a physician must be consulted. And the the PTs were prohibited from substantial modification of the prescriptions of the patients. And so different provisional states had different regulations, but basically they weren't just allowed to go see a physical therapist for back pain for as long as they wanted to.
1: I think it's really interesting that you drew that distinction, because I believe a lot of people don't appreciate that there are different levels of direct access across the various states.
0: I think it's um, it's really interesting. There were some focus groups that the APTA did as well. And even in those states with unrestricted access to physical therapy, some patients weren't even aware that they could go directly to see PT. They thought that they had to go to a physician for a referral first. Uh, because some of those states changed their regulations more recently. And so patients weren't really aware that they could go see a physical therapist for back pain initially, even if they were in those unrestricted states, but especially in the states with provisional access.
1: Well, and you know that that kind of shows up in the data. When you look at the number of individuals in the database who had an initial visit for new onset low back pain with the PT, there were only 2297 out of the full sample of uh, what is it 59600 so it's a very small proportion so let me ask you when looking at your inclusion and exclusion criteria you did restrict your sample to those who had no prior claims with a diagnosis of low back pain those who had prior back procedures were excluded including surgery and injections and spinal nerve stimulators during the 12 months before the index event, as well as those who had opioid prescriptions in the previous 12 months. Why did you restrict the sample in that way?
0: Yeah, so we really wanted to establish new cases of low back pain. Um, And so many of the things that you mentioned would preclude a patient from being diagnosed as a new or acute case of back pain if they had prior spinal surgery or injections or treatments. Um, And we really wanted to see new onset pain so we could track the initial provider from that episode of low back pain. Um, And we hypothesized that patients with recent opioid use Um, they might confound our data, and so we excluded them from our studies as well. Although we do think that future work might involve examining outcomes for patients with that history of opioid use and how their outcomes might differ.
1: I understand. Well, let's talk a little bit about your results. When you focused on utilization, specifically physician visits and the plain imaging, you found when you compared patients in the provisional access states with those from the unrestricted access states that um, there were more visits to physicians and more imaging in the first 30 days, but not in the 90 days as compared to those patients in the unrestricted direct access. What implications do you draw from that finding? It's a fascinating finding.
0: It is. So I think there's kind of two parts to that. And the first is that the 30 days, there was a lot more healthcare utilization by patients who saw PTs in states with provisional access. And I think a lot of that is due to physician gatekeeping and visit limits, and so it kind of goes back to that definition of how we defined provisional um, access to care, right, where certain times a physician might have to be consulted after a certain period of time or after a certain number of physical therapy visits. Uh, And so I think that that makes those patients have to see both a physical therapist and a physician um, within that first 30 months. Um, And so that kind of accounts for that aspect of increased healthcare utilization is what we hypothesized. And then the second piece is, as you noted, there's not a big difference in the comparison between 90 days of those in provisional and unrestricted states. And I think a big piece to this um, is that severity and duration of pain may play an important role here, um, and so obviously, as a claim study, we couldn 't assess the severity and duration of pain, but patients who are still having pain three months out might require more imaging to rule out more serious diagnoses, and you know persistent pain typically leads to increased healthcare utilization for patients, and this is probably regardless of regulations or who they saw initially because they're having that persistent continued pain.
1: So it kind of evens out on the longer term. Yes. When we shift to looking at cost, again, what we see is that in states with more restrictions on direct access to PT, 30- and 90-day low back pain-related costs were significantly higher for those who saw a PT first than for those who saw a physician first. What are your implications on that finding?
0: Yeah, so I think that, again, has to deal with some of the increased gatekeeping and restrictions. But also prior studies by Julie Fritz and others in the field have shown that uh, PT might be a little bit more expensive than going to see your PCP, and that might be because you have increased number of visits to physical therapy. And so instead of going once, you're maybe going three times or five times, and so you get a little bit more, Um, cost for your care, but I think it's especially um, more drastic in those provisional access states because you're going to see the PT and you're going to see the PCP in those gatekeeping instances.
1: In the short term, if I can try to summarize what you have found, in the short term defined as the first 30 days after the index visit, Mm -hmm. if you're in a provisional state, you're going to see an increase both in utilization and in cost, as compared to um, unrestricted direct access?
0: Yes. So um, our two comparisons, um, the first, actually, for utilization, we compared uh, provisional access and unrestricted access. And then for cost, we compared provisional access to primary care access in provisional states, and then unrestricted access to primary care in, in those states as well. But yes, the The consistent finding was that there was more utilization and a bigger increase in cost in those provisional access states.
1: So let me ask you, what policy recommendations would you propose based on the findings from this study?
0: Yeah, so I think perhaps one of the best things that's already started due to this work other work by Kathleen Carey um, and Lewis Casis and others at BU and Optum Labs has been a pilot program with United Healthcare. Um and so they're starting this program in five states. They've actually started to roll it out already in which patients can get three physical therapy sessions without copays or deductibles. Um, And I think it's pretty rare that claim studies have such a major impact on policy changes. Um, And I think that's really great, especially in light of the cost um, results that we just discussed, because it might encourage uh, more patients to go see physical therapists first. And I think big picture, even beyond this study, is that other studies, including our previous ones, others by um, different researchers and Frogner and Fritz, have shown that there's decreased opioid use associated with going to physical therapists first for back pain. Um, and so, if you can get incentivized patients to start receiving physical therapy first by reducing those copays, having insurers um, incentivize patients financially, um, I think those policy recommendations are really going to benefit patients not just for the treatment and quality of life but also for decreased opioid use, which is a huge problem, and eventually will lead to higher costs for those patients.
1: Did you, by chance, look at opioid uh, use in uh, unrestricted access states versus provisional restricted access states?
0: Yeah, so we didn't publish it in this study in large part because the N is just so small. Um, So in general, um, we have a previous study that looked at opioid use, and um, in short term there's about an 85% reduction um, in people who see a physical therapist first compared to primary care, um, and about a 70% reduction um, in long-term opioid use compared to patients who see primary care first. Um, but the numbers there are so small then when you're looking at patients who actually did see opioid use um, that we didn't really feel like they were um, acceptable to publish, but I think it would be really interesting to get a larger Uh, data set and really look at opioid use among uh, provisional and unrestricted access states, but just physical therapy in general.
1: Yeah, not looking just at one diagnosis. If you use the Optum data and looked at uh, um, opioid use on a much broader sample, you might be able to see something. Exactly. In addition to that uh, question, what other research in this area would do you think should be pursued? Because it's a really interesting and important area.
0: Yeah, I think there's a few different things that research directions could go in. And so I think it's interesting that the APTA recently came out with new categorizations of state access to physical therapy. Um, And there's actually been three states who have switched from limited access, which is even more restrictive than provisional. Um, And those states are now classified as provisional and unrestricted. And so I think it would be interesting to look within those three states and see is anything happening maybe prospectively since those changes have happened, um, and follow that to see if there's you know perhaps decreased utilization, decreased costs, or anything else associated with those changes in state regulations. Um, I also think, like you mentioned, it'd be really interesting to look at opioid use uh, on a bigger scale with relation to physical therapy, but also other healthcare utilization outcomes like uh, emergency department visits and medication use. But I think most importantly, kind of like we talked about a little bit, further investigation of barriers to conservative therapy, like benefit design and access to PTs. Um, And I know Christine McDonough has previously said that, hypothesized that patients who have low back pain, who have easier access to care and lower out-of-pocket costs are more likely to seek out conservative therapy, like physical therapists. And so I think looking at potential barriers to seeing physical therapists first for back pain and for other musculoskeletal conditions um, might help us see how we can get patients to go to those physical therapists or chiropractors or acupuncturists and then therefore kind of improve their quality of life but also decrease things like opioid use.
1: Yeah, those are great ideas, good suggestions. You know, your your work also highlights for me the, the real value of the um, Optum Labs data uh, registry it's a great resource that i i want to call to the attention of our listeners those of you who aren't aware of it the data warehouse is um is a tremendous resource and uh this is a great example of the kinds of research questions that you can ask using these uh these data
0: yeah i would agree we had a great relationship um with people at Optum Labs um and especially uh, Omid Ameli who uh worked on the data for this paper, but also for two other papers um, on this project with the Boston University School of Public Health.
1: Well, Bridget, I want to thank you both for publishing the, the work in PTJ and for taking the time out of your schedule today to talk about the results with our listeners. Thanks very, very much.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me.